This is Locked in the Green Room, and today I'm chatting with Clive Carroll. Thanks for tuning in to Locked in the Green Room. Today I'm chatting to acoustic guitarist Clive Carroll. He plays fingerstyle and folk uh, guitar. He's one of the most amazing guitarists in, uh, in that style in the world. And I was really happy that he sat down in front of Skype to chat to me. Okay, hope you enjoy. Hey ho, let's, let's, uh, let's start. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking me onto your show. Well, thanks so much for getting on my show. Um, he, says, he says that I'm live. The thing oh, is, he's live. Oh, it's just I've started. got you coming out with another gadget here. Let me turn that uh, on. Oh, so, the, so now we know it does work. Yeah, you're, you're, you're rolling, baby. That's great. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so happy. So because, take it away. Yeah, <laughs> we are live. It's yeah. true. It is completely true. So, yeah, as I said, thanks very much for getting on here. And, uh, yeah, I just would like to, first of all, ask how you're doing. Uh, and, yeah, how are you doing on lockdown? Uh, I'm doing just fine, actually. Yeah? Uh, yeah, I quite, I mean, I don't like the restrictions of not being allowed to go out, but I'm very happy just to stay at home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I spend quite a lot of time in isolation anyway, writing music. Yeah. I'm not on a touring and uh, I've been doing something slightly unusual uh, that I've wanted to do for many years, which is circular walk the entire British coastline of Great Britain. Mm. Yeah. So I started that on the 2nd of February and I've got as uh, what well, I started in Southwold in Suffolk. Mm. And as a, you know, one of the biggest, one of the big questions to ask yourself when you're going to circular walk the entire mainland coast of Great Britain is which way round would you do it? Yeah. I don't know. You know, I just, I've, you know, <clears throat> Kind of sensible-minded people were telling me about um, kind of northeasterly winds and all that kind of stuff, and reasoning and rationalising the fact that it should only be clockwise. <laughs> However, I've, I've chosen to do anti-clockwise, and I'm kind of yeah. Well, I, I you know, my reasoning was I just wanted the water on the right-hand side. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was that was taken. Well, that's supposed to be taking me through for the next year and a half, to be honest. So I worked like the clappers over the past couple of years to enable this to happen. Okay. Yeah. So on, on the touring front, I slimmed it down anyway. So you had slimmed down your touring to do the walk? Yeah. And I had a few festivals and things. I mean, I, I hold an annual one-day guitar, uh, four-day guitar workshop in the summer. And uh, at the moment, it's touch and go as to whether that will be postponed. The reality is it probably will be postponed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got a full tour in the USA lined up for July, oh, late man. June and July. So, and, and I'm starting to hear back that, uh, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. You know? Yeah. And, the, you know, the, the thing is, is as they slowly drop off, it's sort of, you know, you start thinking, oh, no, how's that, how will that work anyway? Or, uh, even if it was to go well, I've, I, I've noticed that. With, uh, sure. Well, a good thing about being at home is that, yeah, you know, and and the, you know, the limited travel and all that kind of stuff is that you get to start to think about what you actually want to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think there's a famous quote that says, like, you know, the the unexamined life is not worth living, right? Yeah. I think that's a Socrates yeah. <laughs> quote, and uh, uh, and so. I'm just enjoying, you know, trying to be more specific about what I want to say musically. Yes. Writing a few things. Uh, I thought that whilst I was doing this walk thing, I, I was going to 
tentatively write a piece per county. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a lot of it has been crotchet 102. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, left, right, left, right. <laughs> uh, but I'm starting to um, kind of uh, veer off the 2-2 uh, time signature and I might stick a few sixes and... And yeah, but I, you know, I haven't got a limp yet, so I'm not writing anything in 138 yet. <laughs> <laughs> so you, so you basically, you've actually been enjoying yourself, uh, just basically writing music. I have. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, trying to be specific about what what I want to say. Yeah, which is quite cool, you know. So uh, I've got, I, 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 I don't know how you do it. Do you write music as well, Matt? I do. I, I, I go through phases. Probably, I, I definitely won't be as prolific a writer as someone like yourself, but I do go, go through phases. And we were just talking before we started about Kurosh. I, 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 yeah, I, I run a, I'm in a band with Kurosh and we write music together. Oh, so you're London based to me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Despite the accent. Yeah, I am. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a bit of a, I mean, specifically like a jazz or even a more specifically a gypsy jazz scene going on. Yeah. Thing isn't there? It's quite a. There's a place called the Cucumbar I've heard about that I've never been to. Yes, the Cucumbar. Um, it's great. There are lots of young players out there, you know, feeding, firing ideas off each other, right? Yeah, it, it it is a it is a very vibrant scene actually. It's a super vibrant scene. It's a very small scene, and um, perhaps quite like uh, the scene that you that you would be. Uh, uh, encompassed within it's uh, the scene is 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 musicians a lot of musicians people who love the music they love playing the music and um yeah so a lot of the audience is uh is is is, is are musicians i don't know if that's the same in the folk in the folk world maybe it is um oh well I kind of straddle lots of different musical genres, I guess. Yes. What well, the solo guitar player is an interesting um, category in uh, in the spectrum, I guess. Yeah. And so, you know, there are, are acoustic music associations. Yeah. I guess, and and uh, and clubs and things. There are also guitar clubs, mm -hmm. guitar festivals, acoustic music festivals, and folk festivals as well. So. Yes. Um. I guess if I'm playing for a guitar organization, so I'm thinking of one called Lord of the Strings over in uh, just south of Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of the audience there are probably guitar. Yeah. Diehard guitar anoraks. Yeah. Uh, but if you're playing at a folk festival, they've just, you know, they've got an interest in, 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 yes. in, 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 <laughs> yes. Well, I'm sure the acoustic guitar fit, people do as well, but you, you see it more at folk festivals. You know, mm, yeah, I know. I know. Technique oriented, or, you know, less. I'm probably not making myself very clear, but. Oh, no, no, I get it. Like wider, a, you know, wider interest or something from the stage, anyway. Yes, yeah. Hey, so how did you, um, how did you first get into playing the style that you play? I didn't really. It's just. It's just, it's just me. It's just my life. Mm -hmm. It's what, it's what I am. I haven't really thought too much. Yeah. Uh, which has its bonuses as well as everything else. Yeah. And but I can. 
I haven't thought about doing anything else. Yeah. And uh, I love the way singing's particular melodies made me feel as a pre-double figures human. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had no idea why the drunken sailor sounded so good, but I just loved that mode. Yeah. I had no idea. I probably still don't know idea what mode it is, but it just felt good. Yeah. And also, um, you know, my mum was from County Clare, so we were all, you know, pushed off to church, uh, you know, Saturday night and Sunday morning sometimes. And I learned a whole bunch of those hymns as well. Right. I, I just, you know, I, I, I was drawn to the, the modal sound in ones specifically, you know, what it, whatsoever you do to the least of my brother that you do unto me made me feel really good. Yeah. I didn't think much about the lyrics. <laughs> and to be honest, I, I still don't, you know, I'm just really keen on these melodies, right? Mm. So they, they struck some kind of a deep resonance in me. And I can remember, you know, a, a, a distant memory is just singing those as a like six-year-old in my little bed, just like just like just enjoying the feeling of the melody, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, it so happened that my parents, you know, as well as having, they weren't professional musicians, but they were well into it. You know, my dad played the claw hammer banjo, yeah, and he had a mate that was into banjo playing it as well. They discovered a you know one of the seminal figures in the history of bluegrass band who were playing Earl Scruggs mm-hmm. and they tried that three finger Scruggs style picking um, and they used to, used to have just you know sessions in the dining room trying to work out what Earl Scruggs was doing yeah uh, my mum does come from a music, musical family she mm-hmm. plays the she knows all those old Irish songs uh, nice. so you know my dad and his friend and my mum they had a trio so they were practicing anyway. So I had that going on whilst my sister and myself were playing it out in the street. Yeah. And there were instruments lying around. And you know, I've got a vague memory of my mum saying, and so, so Clive, you're going to learn how to play the banjo. And I just did what I was told. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so I remember, you know, them giving me this banjo that was probably bigger than I was in the case, and I just dragged it about three streets down in Chelmsford, where yeah. I'm from, in Essex. And before I knew it, I was practicing right-hand eight-note configurations for like six months. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you started so, with banjo. That makes yes, that makes yes. that makes sense. Started with banjo. I got the thumb index and middle fingers working pretty well. Mm-hmm. And where I come from, if you if you know people are if you if you're showing a, you know, an, an interest in in something musical, they shove you off to you know, Saturday classical music school. Mm. And I revolted. I just wasn't interested in it at all. You know, it wasn't like, you know, listen to this, isn't this cool, you can do it. And they, it wasn't accessible. It was, you know, placing my fingers with a ruler on the fretboard and maneuvering me about. And I spent half my guitar lessons, you know, just with my hand over the teacher's, you know, f- uh, nail filing kit. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a real turn off, you know. Um, what those classical teachers didn't know was that in the evenings I was playing in like the dog and duck, surrounded by cigarette smoke, hosing them down with a turbo distortion pedal and an oozy two millimeter plectrum, you know, <laughs> playing Steve Vilex. Well, trying to anyway. Yeah. Oh, so you're a big uh, St- Steve Vai fan. Okay. Oh, certainly was. And, you know, and 
one thing, another thing I've been doing in this lockdown is I'm clearing out some CD covers and I'm taking them all out of the plastic jewel boxes and just burning them onto my hard drive. Oh, nice. So it's been cool going through like hundreds of CDs and yeah, I've just loaded my passion and warfare on this afternoon. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, we've got, got you know, the, the old kind of church music and country songs and rock and roll and Steve I and in the end I, I really saw the benefits of classical music both from a musical perspective and technically on the guitar mm-hmm. what it had and I kind of came out the other end as a 23 year old from music college in London not knowing what to do but it's just been a kind of mishmash of styles and influences and people I've been surrounded by. I guess as the more you appear on the international circuit, the more guitar players you meet who you've admired on recordings. And rather than nick licks from my mates down the road, now I'm nicking them from people I used to listen to as a kid, including Steve I. Amazing. Yeah. So who who um who had the who had the largest uh, influence or the largest impact on you as a musician? Do you remember like? The first time that you were that someone's playing made you go, I've got to do that. It, well, on the guitar or music? Ah, it's just music. It doesn't doesn't have to be the guitar. Music. Um, cool. One of them was Olivier Messiaen. Ah, the nice. French Yeah. So I remember uh, for one of our GCSE music assignments, we had to study the quartet for the end of time. Yes. Which has got some fiddle on it, actually. Yeah. Have you played that? No. Not yet? Okay. No. And I saw, I saw on your website, Matt, you've got a red-hot clarinetist oh, yeah. in your circle. Giacomo. Yeah, man. That's, that's half the quartet for the end of time. Yes. Yeah, maybe I should just, maybe I should just do it. That'll sort things out at the cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll, yeah. Yeah, that that'll, could... Uh, that, that'll clear the room. That could start something or end something pretty quickly eh? <laughs> yeah well that was a, an eye-opener at the time yeah i'd never heard anything like it as a 15 year old yeah took my while took a while to get my head around it mm-hmm. um another piece uh is uh, it's called the nocturnal by benjamin Britten, which is for uh, solo classical guitar mm-hmm and that was a difficult listen the first time I heard it, but the more I hear it now, the more impact it has on me. And um, it, it was a, a, one of these kind of, you know, these great things you want to ach- achieve or do in life. Like, you know, well, this, what one's not going to come true uh, later on this month is that I finally had tickets to the snooker at the Crucible. Oh, right. Well, that's not that, man. That's, that's been axed. Yeah. Uh, another one was to listen, to finally get to hear the Tarangalila Symphony by Olivier Messiaen live. And I tell you, that's top 10 Desert Islands gig memories for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he was a major one. I remember the first LP I ever bought was Flying in a Blue Dream by Joe Satriani. Okay. Not only for the music, but for the the, the, the Tipex guitar on the back of the sleeve. I, d- I don't know it, so. Yeah. Oh, okay, no, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, I th- yeah, that, that was that was pretty cool. I mean, as a 15-year-old, I had a Japanese Strat and a Turbo over, Overdrive pedal, mm-hmm. and I was just listening to people like Ingrid Mounstein and Alan Holdsworth, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, but because I probably wasn't 
and you know, I, I wasn't that particularly advanced musically. You know, I was playing the chords of G, C, and the other one. <laughs> I had no idea what Alan Holdsworth was doing. You know, so at that time, you know, listening to people like Ingve or Paul Gilbert or something, you know, I, I just wanted to play as fast as possible. Mm. You know, and uh, yeah, it sounds like you've you've taken like a you've taken influence from like loads of different places. Like, but like, you know, like you, you have good knowledge of all these places as well. And I think that, um, I guess that probably is why your music does have, uh, so much depth to it. I'd say. Oh, I don't know. Well, yeah. What do you use one album for a springboard for the next? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just never ending. And, and, and I'm continues continually learning, which is, uh, another benefit of lockdown yes is that i can finally get into some you know advanced jazz re orchestrations and harmonizations yeah yeah i've got some old reharmonization books in that drawer that have been sitting there for like 10 years you know i finally took them out a few days ago no nice yeah do, do you do you not find out that you know that when that so now we're just basically in the house right we don't we we don't have anything to do we're not allowed to leave and you've got so you'll you'll wake up in the morning sometimes and you'll go okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna further myself musically. I'm gonna do it. And then you get to starting, and there's such a huge amount of things. There's so much stuff out there that like it's very difficult to stay focused on one thing. Do you do you find that, or do you do you find that you can focus easily in times like this? Um, yeah, I can focus easily in times like this. Yeah, yeah. it's just a straight answer. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the biggest things is to, you know, for, for me, you know, I do spend a lot of time on the road and I'm constantly on the go. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm at, I'm at home, you know, there have been some days where I just, you know, could be bothered to do anything. And yes. my wife, I just watched like the whole Lord of the Rings box set. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a, a nice thing to do as well. Yeah. Just, it's important. Yeah. I agree. And chat and everything. I mean, when was the last time we, we you know, sat down for, yeah. you know, three hours every night for a week you know it just doesn't usually happen right yeah no i agree yeah really, really lovely well um <clears throat> musically speaking and you know trying to be um, positive about that i guess um, i don't even think about what i need to do um basically i work well with lists ah you know, okay I'm, I'm, I'm a list person and so <clears throat> As well as playing solo guitar concerts, I write music for film and TV. Uh, I have some commissions at the moment mm -hmm. as well. Um, I'm writing some, uh, well, I've got these pieces from the Coastal Walk thing. You know, I, I sing melodies into like you know, my, my phone mm -hmm. and then bring all that raw material back home and then arrange it. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. Um, I write music for, you know, like the libraries, yes. that kind of you know so that's a really cool thing to do you know so you know today's going to be whatever you know i mean who, the inspiration's a tricky one because if you try and force it, it it'll always sound like forced inspiration yeah you know just that bit just kind of happens has to happen naturally yeah but i find that it doesn't take too long for it to happen as long as you know what you want to say yes are you, wait, are you talking about um when it comes so, to composing or yeah. okay so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it helps if you're writing a piece for TV mm -hmm. because you're very specific to what's happening on the screen, yeah. the visual and the and the script. 
But if you're writing something for yourself, you know, this this time gives you a chance to, to sit in a room on your own in silence for an hour yeah. and be very specific about what you want to say. You know? mm. so and, it, and, and what tools are required to create that sound. Mm. So that's, that sounds like a piece of advice that you, you might give to, to musicians then at the moment who maybe are struggling with being stuck in. Uh, yeah, I guess to to look at um, look at try to quieten down and, and actually sit and think about what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. There's a tendency to try and want to do everything. Yes. In in three minutes. I guess that's what I was talking about. That's uh, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. So I mean, yeah, you could just sit there with a pad and go through musical styles you like and why or, or pieces that you like. Maybe like ten pieces you really like that are contrasting mm -hmm. and try and examine why you like them. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, you'll never be able to listen to them the same way again. Yeah. But from an analytical perspective, they'll really help you as a musician, right? Yeah. I was looking at some like reharmonized versions of, of jazz standards by someone, I can't remember his name now, but you know, why do I like this? You know, and that, uh, basically I'm just going to sit down and transcribe it and then add that palette to my own musical voice. Yeah. 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 So that's interesting. So your you your way is is writing lists. It seems is that because I've I've yeah. never actually I've never thought of, of 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 doing that as a way of getting inspiration to uh, to think specifically about tunes that I like, writing down why I've just never okay. thought of doing it. Oh okay okay. That's, yeah. Well, you know, there's got to be a reason as to why you want to write something. Yeah. 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 I mean, is it just to make you feel good, or is it just I don't know. Yeah, yeah, nice. No, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> so, um, you. It seems like you've been managing to mainly find the positive out of out of the uh, out of the current situation. Um, has there been any points when it has felt a little bit more negative? And uh, yeah, well, whilst you whilst you've been in lockdown, or have you just been able to keep it keep it all positive? Um, yeah, uh, I've been all right. Great. Yeah, yeah. I feel really. I feel. I mean, the pain some families must be going through with relatives dying. Yeah. And friends. I mean, when I look on, you know, I have a Facebook account, right? Yeah. And then when I go on that, it's starting to get to the stage where pe either people I know or musicians I've heard about or their families yeah. have got it or they've died from it. Yeah. So that's really worrying. And, um, uh, you know, you know, I've got family and I'm worried about them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I hope they're as, as safe as, as we are out in the sticks here, you know? Yes. So you're out yeah. in the sticks. I am. Yeah. And, uh, today was shopping day. We're trying to limit it to a shop every 10 days. Yeah. We're doing the same here. This morning and that this morning. And it's a real big, you know, it's a big expedition. Yes. So, you know, it starts about you know, nine o'clock in the morning after, you know, uh, the over 70s do their shop first thing. Mm -hmm. And then I'm there queuing with, you know, latex gloves on and I've got my mask ready. Yeah. It won't be. I never thought I could go into Tesco's wearing gloves and a balaclava on my own. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, you know, with the mask. That's yeah, true. Yeah. And then I... I come home and, you know, then we're here washing everything with washing up. I mean, I've never washed tomatoes with washing up liquid before. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, rinsing it all off. And, we, you know, by the time we finished it, it was 12 o'clock. But I suppose that it kind of set, sets you up for the next 10 days. But, yes. You know, 
massive palaver, but better do that than to get this thing, right? Yeah, than to get it or spread it. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, um, have you been? Have you been? Uh, find? Have you found anything uh, new has come out of your situation in uh, in lockdown, uh, musically, or I mean, anything really? But uh, I guess I'm focusing on music. Yeah. Um, I revisited some old classical repertoire over the past couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. um, is that the first time you've done that for a long time? It is, yeah. But I've been, as I said, I was going. You know, I mean, I've, this is probably like you know as interesting as having root canal surgery. But I was going through my CDs, burning it onto the hard drive. But as well as doing that, I was going through some sheet music as well, and yeah. I stumbled across my old Villa Lobos Preludes. He's okay. a Brazilian composer. Plays a, I think he played the clarinet. Piano and cello, yeah, something like that. Anyway, he wrote he wrote these five preludes. Apparently, there's a sixth prelude, but I don't think anyone's, or maybe like two people, ever saw it. Huh. I, I, I'd love to hear it. It's probably hanging around in a in an attic in Paris or something. Hmm. But uh, I, yeah, I just got the guitar out of the, the classical guitar, which I haven't got out for donkey's years. You know, so I just dusted it off. I scraped the dirt off from my college years yeah. <laughs> off the fretboard. And uh, yeah, relearned the, the five preludes by Villa Lobos, and, and I and I played them on Facebook Live a couple of days ago. Yes, that was actually a really good challenge, you know, to play something that's not ordinarily in my set list. Yes, but yeah, that, that that was that was pretty cool. And is that something? So it's interesting. Is that something that you would you would have uh, put into you would have sort of putting into your set list uh, for a live concert? Not uh, at all. It's just the love of the music. So that's really interesting that, like, I don't know, for musicians, this is sort of giving people a different, giving us a different, uh, well, it's a different platform, and it isn't the same. And I think it's important to to realize that it's not the same as doing a gig. It's not the same as a concert. Uh, oh, what's that? The live Facebook Live streaming, live? yeah. It isn't the oh, same, but it, it's, there's good things out of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I was shaking. I could, you know, I was trying to play like Prelude Four, which is really slow, and my heart was yeah. Doing this, you know, can't, you know, I can walk out on stage and I'm fine, but yeah, hit you hit that button and yeah, it was it was pretty nerve wracking. I I agree with you. Actually, before I do any of these interviews, I'm always like really stressed, and there's always like I've, I was telling you, there's always this like countdown thing on my software that's like five, four, and it's just like oh god. Actually, yeah. it's like it's fine. It's, yeah, it shouldn't. Yeah. I talk. I talk all the time. <laughs> cool man. That's great. It's a great thing you're doing. Thanks for thanks for doing it. Well, yeah. I'm. 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 You know. And I'll. You know. I'll be. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm doing it just as much for me as for anybody else. It's a nice way for me to hear from different musicians who are in the same boat, who are you know going through the same thing. And uh, seeing how they're, you know, seeing what how they're getting good things out of it. I mean, I I do think, and I have out of the people I've after after speaking to so many people, uh, so many musicians now, like musicians seem to be really good at dealing with this stuff. Probably better. As it, no, when I say I don't mean the illness, I mean being stuck indoors. Mm -hmm. We're very good at being stuck indoors. And yeah, uh, I mean, you spend half your life in isolation practicing the fiddle, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Same, same for me, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, the other weird thing is just like being 
told you're not allowed to go out. Yes. That's a weird thing. Yes, that is weird. I guess I haven't even... So- I actually only, only thought about that the other day when I was... I think I watched some YouTube. Uh, I ended up on some YouTube trail, uh, and what watched watched some lady like giving the police hassle when they were trying to arrest her, just because like it, she was so annoying that I just had to watch the whole thing. You know, you know. Well, maybe you don't know what it's like, but it's a, it, it was a proper solo YouTube sesh. I ended up there watching this lady, and I did yeah. suddenly think like, what wow, is crazy that like the police. That we really aren't allowed because she was just sitting on a bench. I mean, I think she was she's really annoying and she shouldn't have done that. But it is did make me think. It's it is it is funny. Suddenly, we're just not allowed. We have to stay in. But no, sure, sure. And you live in London. Have you seen people parading around with kids in prams and stuff? Um, I've I've seen a lot of crazy stuff. I've seen uh, well, I've seen like well, nowadays at the moment it's okay. But my uh, neighbours probably hear me. But uh, they had like parties and stuff on the first couple, of <laughs> first weekend. Maybe before it was like, not when it was locked down, but when it was like, don't have a party, you know. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's taking people, it's taking people time to work it out. Sure, it? sure. I think the honeymoon period has worn off, and we're going to have to bunker down for the next yeah. month and a half at least. Yes. Um, yeah. Have you? Do you? So you're you're a list man. Um, are yeah, you someone who likes to set like long-term goals? So, for example, you're just saying now that it's like a we've probably got a, a month or two months. Who knows? We're, but we're talking at least we're talking months. That's what we're expecting, right? Do you are you someone who goes okay by three months' time? I want to have learned all of the blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> or do you uh, are you is it, is it a day-to-day thing? You write your list for the day and that's it. Uh, both. Okay. Yeah, both. Both. Um, I mean, I, you know, like you, I'm a self-employed musician. Yeah, and, and my name's not Paul McCartney, <laughs> so I don't earn fifteen thousand quid a minute or whatever yeah. it is. You have to be, you have to be kind of responsible as well. You know, yeah. you know, there, there are bills to pay, and yeah, thank, you know, I think a lot of musicians, we, you know, for as much as, you might, as you, people might slag off certain governments and things, and a lot of us rejoiced, including me, that I might get some money off them in June. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's a real. Kind of godsends, you know, that, yes. that, that helps. It takes the, the stress off financially, you know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, sorry. What was what was that? Uh, I said, do you t- do you set yourself long term goals? And you said oh, yes because you're yeah, a responsible yeah. musician. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I always I always work from nine till five composing music, and I have to have sixty four bars written by lunchtime. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people did work like that, but. Uh, yeah, not not me. I work I work best in the daytime anyway. Yes. From seven, seven in the morning till about three o'clock max, and then I'm done. I can't I can't work after that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I can't write. I can't concentrate after that. Well, that's interesting. Okay. I could, do, I could do boring things. Well, you can do gigs though, right? Yeah, but I tell you what, I played a gig at the Kino Tita mm-hmm. near Hastings Chapel yeah. Saint I think it's called. Mm-hmm. So on a Sunday morning, it was 11 o'clock in the morning. And honestly, it was brilliant. It felt great. Huh. Yeah, by lunchtime, I was, God, that was, you know. Yeah. I felt good. But no, as you, you say. Prefer, you, so if it was up to you, you'd be doing date, morning gigs. That's right, yeah. You should start playing, you start playing old people's homes. Then you can do that. Yeah, 11 till 1. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of the day. Uh, but I know, obviously, you get into a routine where, like, touring in America, you're up at 6. Yeah. 
you know, two flights, mm-hmm. you know, rather than to another destination, get to the hotel, check in, yeah. sound check, you know, and, you know, you sat down all day and you haven't ate very well because you just mm-hmm. crave anything, yeah. you know, S- salt, sugar, yes, thing to get you through. And then your heart, you're kind of semi-lethargic. And then if it's an 8 p.m. show, you start waking up at about 7.50. Mm-hmm. And then you do the show, you feel great. You're like a wild animal being let out of a cage at eight o'clock. You yeah. get put in your cage at half ten. Yeah. You might go out with the promoter, bed at twelve, <laughs> get up at six o'clock in the morning, and you know you just spend your day just sitting down. You know, after the end of the tour, for me, I feel like a beached whale. So yeah. it's time to go out walking again, which is kind of partly my kind of you know selfish reason of doing this coastal walk. Yes. Yeah. Four and a half thousand miles, you know. <laughs> Uh, and I, I guess that's a, a, a downside, a negative side to being stuck in this isolation uh, world is that you have to be very careful not to not just stay at home and get fat. Yeah. Because yeah. not only do you feel lethargic, you know, physically, your, your brain starts to switch off too. Yeah, I agree. And, and that, that, hap- you know, that's, that happens to me. Mm-hmm. And you have to try and catch yourself. Yes. You know, and just get out and just do like, you know, an hour's walk or you know half an hour run or something yeah just to top yourself up and then you you know you'll switch back on again yeah and just just uh well whilst there's a little pause here we've got jim ronane has asked a question and he'd like to know ah. he says hey i'll put this in i'll put this in the broadcast it should have popped up there he yeah. says hi you won't see it though it's technology software but yeah, it, it's he says hi, Clive. Can you tell us something about your friendship with John Renborn? Thanks. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, I had never heard of John Renborn up till my Trinity, you know, up until like you know the first year of college. So you know, I was twenty. I'd heard of Pentangle, but I'd, yeah. You know, yeah, up, leading up to like twenty, I was still in you know, very much in Alan Holdsworth world. Uh, a friend of mine from back in Chelmsford, who's an incredible guitar player, Guthrie Govan, he just you know he just blew my mind as well. You know, yeah. just like you know, like amazing um, straight edge pickers. Yeah, I saw him actually. Sorry to, to interrupt. I just saw him play. I was I I, I know him from the internet, and then I just yeah. saw him playing in like the corner of a pub. In, in London, I was like walking to my own gig, and I was just like, "Wait a minute!" And he was just killing it. Sure, sure. Can't remember who he was playing with. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, I know. yeah. Well, he's just one of the most unbelievable musicians and guitar players in the history of the instrument, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Uh, it's just been a privilege just to get, you know, just to spend a few hours with him. Yeah. In my life. Uh, but I came home one time from London to, to my parents' house, you know, just to spend a weekend at home. And I'd been hearing the name John Renborn as a 20-year-old. And then I, it was just coincidence that weekend that he was playing at my local folk club. Mm. So I asked if I could do a support, as you do, you know. And I'd been playing some Joe Pass transcriptions at the time. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they said, yeah, sure, you know, sure, give you half an hour. And I had no idea that John Rimborn actually sat in and listened to my entire set and, and he came up afterwards and I was kind of, you know, I'd, I'd listened to a few things of his, you know, before going to the gig. And, yeah. 
oh, crackers, you know, this is, you know, and of course I listened to the stuff and it was, you know, really sitting in the pocket and it was pretty groovy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and he, he was the first person to inspire me to, to, to take it up professionally, I guess. Right. I hadn't thought about taking it up professionally. I just did it. Yes. You know. But hang on, he was, he was saying like, you know, you should you should put this on a CD, and I hadn't even thought about recording a CD. So then I thought, you know, this CD thing was in the back of my mind, and you know, I was writing orchestral music at college, but as kind of welcome breaks between that, I was writing these like three minute acoustic guitar pieces that actually sounded better on the steel string rather than nylon string. Yeah, most of them. And then so then I started to try and get a few more supports in London where I was living at the time. So, you know, I supported an Irish harp guitar duo who had a record label and he, uh, the guitar player, Chris Newman, phoned me up and said, you know, would you like to come and record for our label? So it tied in with Rainbow. I, I wrote to him and he said, yeah, just get on with it, baby, and crack on. And if I can help, I will. And he ended up writing the sleeve notes. Oh, nice. That's record, you know. And so then it's a case of, you know, what do you do after that? You know, like, you know, I finished college, I fell into a bit of teaching work, which was great as well, really exhausting, you know, five days cycling around London teaching from 8am till 7pm, I was knackered, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but then uh, John started to help me out with a few gigs, his agent started to help me out with a few festivals, mm-hmm. and then he took me to America, and that's where we really struck up a, a friendship, I guess, because, you know, we were alone together in a car yeah. driving around America down the, you know, everywhere from like the Gulf of Mexico and the deep south right up through New England. We had good times. I really got to know what it was like. You know, we slept in the same hotel rooms, uh, which, which, yeah, which had its own challenges because, you know, he snored a lot. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of a gig, I just dash out and get to the hotel and get to sleep first. Yeah. Yeah. And so then after that, you know, we came back from America. We played a couple of UK tours together. We wrote a film score together. And it was just an ongoing friendship for, I don't know, from like uh, 1996 to March 2015 when he died. Yeah. 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 It was a real, it was a real shocker to hear that. I was driving down to Devon on the rural touring scheme playing, I had, a, I had a show called A Thousand Years of Music at the time. So I was playing everything from like 12th century round through to Elizabethan music and Spanish stuff and all this stuff. And some kind of Rembrandt-esque folk baroque. And then John's old agent, Dave Smith, phoned me up whilst I was on the road to, you know, to give me the news. Mm. You know, his, his words were, we've lost Rembrandt. And it, you know, and it was just like a, you know, a dagger through the heart. Yeah. I just couldn't believe it. I just didn't expect it just came out of the blue. He yeah. was on the road at the time. He was touring with the great Wiz Jones. Yeah. And then I just sat in this vestry, you know, green room before the gig that night in disbelief, really. Yeah. And I pulled, I pulled in a, a friend of mine, Mike, who happened to come to the gig, and I just said, Mike, I've just got this news. I just can't believe it. You know, his words were, well, that's ruined my night, you know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I got, in, got on with the gig. and then You managed to do the gig? Managed to do the gig and I played a couple of tunes. I dedicated a couple of tunes to Rembrandt. Yeah. Uh, I played a piece that night, Lord of All Hopefulness, which we played as a duet together. Mm. Um, and I played some Elizabethan loop music at John Rembrandt's funeral. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's a legend, eh, John Redbourne? Sure, sure, sure. And <clears throat> he was very prolific as a composer, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he used to write uh, quite a lot with the guitar. He had a nylon string guitar that he liked to work with a lot. Mm-hmm. He also had a, um, a mini grand piano. Mm-hmm. And he, he sang a lot as he wrote. Mm. One of those A3 landscape manuscript pads. <laughs> and a pencil and a rubber. Yeah, I went up, he lived... <clears throat> At the end of his life, he lived in a free church in the Scottish borders, and it was wild. It was wild. He lived. He led a very, fairly feral lifestyle. There's no running water, you know. There was no heating. There's a sign that says, "There's near heating in these walls. Our faith keeps us warm." <laughs> <laughs> and he, I think, he was proud of the fact that he was on the bottom rung of the council tax bracket, which apparently <laughs> a, dwelling, a dwelling fit for habitation by livestock. <laughs> <laughs> and there was one piece that he was halfway through before he died. It, it was called One for Leonard. I don't know who Leonard was, but I think maybe Leonard Cohen had just perhaps died mm. shortly before then, so perhaps he was knocking out a dedication to Leonard Cohen. Mm. That was my initial reaction anyway. Mm. But Dave. Um, uh, the University of Newcastle have started um, collecting and um, uh, what would you call it? You know, indexing all of his pieces. Mm-hmm. As it stands, they are up to ten thousand pages of composition. Mm. Yeah, there's wow. tons of stuff. That's, that's just, so many pages. It's colossal. They're not even halfway. They're just chests full of music that hasn't been released. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, and so. Be interesting to know um, what your plans. What you know. What I'm I asking if you if you'd like making long term plans. But have you managed to make any long term plans for whilst you're in um, whilst you're in isolation? When I say long term, I guess I mean like months long plans. Yeah, months long. Uh, I dabble in all sorts of things. So I, su- I suppose you know, in the, as a prof- professional guitar player or someone who's kind of you know making a living at playing the guitar yeah. anyway. Um, <clears throat> people expect a solo album and they don't happen too often, maybe once every five years Yeah, just because I'm doing other stuff as well mm-hmm. so that's next on the cards really, but right. I'm hoping that it's going to tie in with this coastal walk thing, you know, by the time I've covered like 20 I don't know how many counties there are on the coast of England, Scotland, Wales and Cornwall <clears throat> but uh, there'll be probably a piece for each county, you know Yeah. yeah, amazing, uh, okay uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm just letting it happen there. You know, yep. I've, I've walked through Norfolk and Lincolnshire, mm-hmm. and I, I probably wrote maybe anywhere from like three to six melodies on each trip, and I'll probably just pick the, the one I like the best, and and and, and arrange those, and that will be my next solo record. Yeah. Oh, nice. Like coastal walk record. I've also been raising money for a couple of charities as well, though. Royal National Lifeboat Institution, and also help musicians UK. Well, they they need <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're getting yeah. They, yeah they're getting hammered, but I don't think they've got too much to hand out. Yes, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, we've, all, we've all been glued to our PRS statements. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a bit really of a rush, wasn't there? When because it there was like a, a rush to get everything handed in. Yeah, recently. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I know that rush. Um, yeah, sure, me too. Um, well, 
What are your what are your short term plans? What are you going to do in the next twenty four or forty eight hours? Uh, well, I mentioned that Villa Lobos stuff I was doing the, the five preludes. Yeah. Uh, when I performed it, I, I just did rattle, rattled off the five live mm-hmm. on Facebook Live the other yeah. day, and um, it, there was a like terrible. I hope it isn't happening now. But there was like a terrible hum from the fan in my computer. I don't I think just, it is. I can I can't hear anything. Yeah, I think it was really bad on that for that. Right. For for whatever reason. And uh, so, in the short term, it's actually my birthday tomorrow. Oh, so happy birthday! We, yeah, we got birthday things from nice from the supermarket this morning, and uh, and after that, I thought I might just video each of the you know one one of the five preludes per day, and then you know whilst I can still play them, right? Yeah. Uh, because who knows? After this, they'll probably just I'll probably just stick the book back in the cupboard and I won't re- get reach up for it for another ten years or something. Yeah. So I'd like to just you know catalogue it and know that I could play it at the time. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there it is. You know, I'll just probably just stick it up on YouTube <laughs> just for keepsake. You know, yeah, or just keep it on video. Yeah, maybe a few other pieces as well. Maybe the Nocturnal by Benjamin Britten and maybe like the Ginestera Sonata and a few other pieces like that. I've, you know, Few bark tunes, nice. There's masses of it. Yeah, yeah. sounds like you've got you've got good. You know, you're you've got direction, which is, which is well. Good. That's an interesting one, though, isn't it? Because you know, you can be. I, I like to be inspired by music from all sort, all genres, regardless of this period in history. I find it quite a difficult time to write unless you're very specific about what you want to say, though. And writing for something on screen really helps. To okay. actually get me to do something, yeah, probably because you know, and I've talked about this with a few friends as well. You know, with the evolution of harmony, mm-hmm. it you know the musical language was pretty limited, right? You, know, you just had parallel octaves, and then the fourth and the fifth, and the introduction of the third that was then equal tempered into major and minor, yeah, and the fourth was measured out so it isn't a natural fourth anymore, mm-hmm. and people were you know having fun with this, and then. You know, once it starts started to become formalized, you're entering kind of, you know, Renaissance period, Rococo period, where you know, in this straddling between major and minor harmony with to- with modal music, mm-hmm. and you know, as in keeping with art and furniture and clothing, you know, des- design, it, it, it that time became very floral, you know, and decorated. Mm-hmm. And it was, of course, you know, it was very formalized in, you know, throughout that classical period. And mm-hmm. people, you know, musicians were wondering, you know, what's next? What's next? You know, and of course, you're entering the romantic, you know, early, mid, and late romantic periods where you start to get, you know, major sevenths and different types of sixths and extended chords to flesh out the harmony. And that gets more, more and more interesting. And you reach a point where you're, you know, you're loving everything from, the giant Mahler symphonies to the miniature um, Nocienza Verixati. Yeah. And, but, you know, it was a case of what next? And then you get someone like Arnold Schoenberg creating this 12-note system yeah. that totally destroyed the, the popularity of classical music, or concert hall music, uh, in that style. You know, the audience go down, everyone turn, wants something they can actually latch onto, like rhythm and blues. Mm-hmm. And it's just got louder and louder, you know. Mm-hmm. And so the most exciting thing for me, I think, is like you know, electronic music. You, know, you get someone like old Square Pushers from Chelmsford who's yeah. doing really 
using things. Um, but it makes you know there's when you when the musicians in the, in the 16th century had a very small musical vocabulary, but here in 2020, yeah, you've got like 600 years of worth of music to be inspired by. It's very difficult to be over very easy to be overwhelmed by it. All. Yes, yeah. Well, I guess that's a little bit sim- sort of similar to what I was saying. Is that actually yeah. it can be difficult to keep keep yourself just like sticking with one thing um, sure, sure because sure. there so, is so much exactly so i mean you can't it's undeniable that the human ear gravitates towards a singable melody yes and i love the way you know uh, through composed writers create extended melodies rather than just a standard four two yeah. or four job yeah that's you know that's 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 great for me you know um so sometimes I analyze a melody like that. And, yeah. You know, even like the sound of silence or something is a, is a very well constructed tune, I think. Yeah. You know, it goes all uh, over the place, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Or like Adagietto from Mahler's Fifth Symphony. You know, that's a beautiful tune. And it just, you know, it takes a long time to unravel. Mm. And so, yeah. Anyway, I'm probably. Anyway, but yeah, the point is, is that yeah, I've also <laughs> been working on very small, like specific orchestrations or uh, sound worlds. And maybe um, um, uh, you know, like like um, layering in art, like multimedia in art. Yeah, I, I like doing that in music too. Where you have, we might like have a, a section of music, but then you lay over it, uh, perhaps you know something in a completely different key or a different time signature, and try and just rather than having just a straight melody with with a harmony, mm-hmm. to try and you know kind of dovetail pieces or you know make the gears. Yeah. And make them work together to create something new. That's what I, that's what that's what I'm into right now. Well, that's interesting. Like you know what that's that sort of thing. I imagine is really really difficult if you do so, like as a solo guitarist actually to do, like even just technically. But but um, you know if you're a piano player, you can maybe you can go you know five. You can play in five in one hand and you mm-hmm. can play in four in the other. And after a while. It sort of you sort of mechanically probably work out how that works, right? But I imagine with the guitar, you're basically having to do everything with one hand. It's a bit. I mean, is, is that right? <laughs> yeah, um, classical guitarists generally stick with standard tuning and maybe a drop D. But in the steel string guitar world, we tune the guitar you know, all over the place. Really. <clears throat> well, whatever whatever you need to tune it to to make it sound good, yeah. and that's what I'm into. Yeah. Uh, if you're messing around in a different tuning, you might come up with something that's really cool. Yeah. You know, that you just definitely would not have been able to conceive in standard tuning or any other instrument or sing it. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. What I am wary of is letting the music be dictated by what the fingers do. Yeah. Yeah. So I might just grab, grab a few ideas from messing around. But as I said, you know, if you, if you can sing it, you can be arranged for any instrument. Yeah. 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 And, and doing that in isolation... Yeah, it's, it's no big thing. You know, just go out in the garden for an hour and just walk around in a circle. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, yeah, we've yeah, pretty much nearly done an hour. It's been nice to chat with you. Oh, yeah. Not yeah. at all. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I uh, hope that I hope that I, ho- I hope to hear that album that you're talking about the um, the uh, oh, right. the the new solo album that yeah, does yeah, maybe yeah, in yeah. the works and. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, thanks thanks for chatting. Not at all, not at all. My um, pleasure. Yeah.
good luck with the rest of the what do you call it a blog or a uh yeah like a podcast i guess oh, the podcast. Oh, okay um this so is my first podcast. i'm a podcast virgin it's your first you. podcast that's <laughs> crazy that's crazy have you have you listened to any podcasts I, no i don't really know what it is i've heard it's of it basically heard just words. it's like a radio show that's made by not a radio station. No, I guess it's like if you wanted to listen to a podcast, what you're doing is you're listening to a radio show that's specifically about something that you want to listen to. Um, you know, if you go, you go turn on the radio, and you're like, "What's on?" And then you're like, "Oh, well, nothing." Or you know, maybe there is, but sometimes there's not, and then you just turn it off, or you just you know end up listening to some terrible music. But a podcast is, uh, I guess, a way of having to bypass that that issue of just going, "Oh, well, I want to listen to." A uh, bunch of musicians complaining about being stuck indoors, on you know, and then you and then you find this one, or whatever. <laughs> All right, cool man. That's what it is, I guess. All right then. Well, I'll, I'll look forward to checking in on a few more. <laughs> we had Leanne Carroll coming on, right? That's uh, that's uh, yeah. That's hopefully the uh, one of my uh, next guests. That's 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 in the pipeline. Been chatting Ooh. to her, but we've just been trying to find the time. Do you know Leanne Carroll? Um, I've seen her gigs. There's, um, um, there's no relation. Yes. But uh, yeah, I saw her at Ronnie Scott's one time. And yeah. I was just totally blown away. She's amazing, eh? Oh, yeah, yeah indeed. indeed. Yeah. yeah, forward to that. Yeah. Cool. All right, then. All right, then. See yeah. you soon. Not at all. Yeah, thanks, man. Bye, man. See ya. Thanks for listening to Locked in the Green Room. I was chatting to Clive Carroll and I was Matt Holborn. Ah, you can find these uh, podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, all those places. And if you are enjoying them, please give us a um, rating on iTunes because that helps us come up quick. Ah, you know, you know that stuff. Uh, you can also catch the, all of these episodes as they are recorded live on YouTube because uh, I stream them there now. So check that out as well. Thanks very much. Goodbye. Goodbye.